Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Starting a company allows you to be back in control. The weekly show that brings together military spouse and veteran founders who are doing remarkable things in the business world. I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond that military and veteran entrepreneurs have. We'll hear their story, the story of their business, and lessons learned. Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Cynthia Kale and Josh Carter. Welcome, everyone, to the Veteran Founder Podcast. It is Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Coast. I'm your host, Cynthia Keo. Josh is not joining us this week, but we have an awesome guest this week. We have Ian Sparks um, from Battle Bars, and he's over in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Ian. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. So let's lead in a little bit and tell me sure. tell me a bit about you, like where where you come from, you know, your military background before you jump into what you do now. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I'm actually from um, the D.C. Baltimore area. That's where I grew up. That's where I was born and raised. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm very familiar with that area. Um, before I joined uh, the military, I graduated from college in Maryland. I didn't really go outside the state too, too much. You know, I traveled a little bit here and there. But once I joined, uh, I quickly found myself going all over the place. I've been in for 13 years now. Uh, the years keep uh, popping up, right? And uh, they don't seem to be slowing down. Yeah. Um, I was an ROTC graduate, so I went the whole route of trying to get a scholarship, uh, get myself situated in a way so I could get college done and over with because I, yeah. uh, I was not a big fan of school when I was, you know, young, a young ruffian, as I'll call it. Um, but so I joined the army, um, commissioned as a second lieutenant. I joined the engineer corps. Uh, I wanted to be a combat engineer and work with explosives because I guess I'm a little crazy. Um, so was that the sappers? Uh, so the sappers are in the engineers. Like, so you go to sapper school, like you would go okay. to ranger school. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not a sapper qualified person myself, but I always wanted to go, but it was, it's really, really tough to get in that, uh, that course, very competitive. Yeah. But, um, I worked with a lot of sappers, uh, including the British sappers, funny enough, really, really interesting. Um, and yeah, so again, I'm still in, I'm in the reserves right now. I okay. deployed to Afghanistan in 2013 and then in 16, I went to Iraq and then in 17, I got sent to Syria when oh, wow. that, when that whole, uh, yep. that whole thing got a little wild over there. So, um, I, uh, I saw really the big three that I wanted to hit on, you know, those are the countries I wanted to go visit and, uh, I ended up doing that. Yeah, it was definitely not the vacation of the decade. <laughs> I, you know, I, it, it was interesting to joke. see the, the the cultures, how different they are. I mean, you take it for granted, the U.S. is so huge, even from a geographic aspect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the seeing the cultures was worth it. it was, it's very interesting to, to learn about them and just how they operate. So tell me a bit about the cultural exchange, like coming from, you know, D.C., mm-hmm. Baltimore area, which is where I am right now. Um, right you know, leaving and did you, did you go international before? Did you have a, an idea of what you were expecting in your military training? Um, um, yeah. So f- fun, fun fact about our family, I'm first generation American. My parents are from Ireland. Okay. My entire family is from there. My sisters were born there. So my whole family line is all about immigration. And I know obviously, you know, the Irish culture is not that far fetched from, you know, what, what you'd find in the, in the States. But I, I guess you could say we still, all of us kind of grew up with an appreciation for other, um, for other cultures and beliefs. Uh, Ireland became quite a melting pot itself over the past 20 years. 
Uh, and I went there every, uh, pretty much every summer I would, I would travel over there and, and see family, but also see the extended family, um, as well. But yeah, yeah you know, it definitely set me up for success a little bit with that. Yeah, I've got that that similar background. I grew up in Canada, so you know where I was in Toronto. It was definitely mm-hmm. very like one of the most multicultural cities in the Western Hemisphere, and sure. Um, so I had that exposure prior to getting in the service. Um, so you know when you when you got out of ROTC and mm-hmm. you went commissioned, um, you know were you prepared for your active duty time? Yes. Well, you know, you could say, I say yes in hindsight, but you never realize how inexperienced you are until you meet someone who is experienced. Um, now, I, I was set up for success by my ROTC uh, uh, classmates. Most of them were prior service uh, NCOs and sergeants. So they were extremely intelligent, but also extremely blunt and to the point. So I, I kind of went in with a more balanced expectation of what was going to happen and what, what I was going to see. But I mean, it, nothing, no amount of PowerPoints will truly teach you what they won't truly set you up for your first reaction when you step off the plane. Like when I stepped off the plane the first time in Afghanistan, I, my heart was in my throat, you know, yeah. um, I just didn't know what was going to, I just didn't know what to expect. Um, so they definitely do a good job of teaching you the, the, the cultures that you're going to go into and, and kind of setting you up for success there. Uh, I learned a lot more in those for, in that, I think those first like six months and I, uh, you know, I probably ever would have elsewhere, but they, they definitely set you up and they, they definitely try to coax you into, you know, learning how to adapt faster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, as fast as you can. Um, very grateful for that because it, it is quite a shock when you, uh, when you meet someone that from a completely different world, almost. So it sounds like your leadership set you up for success and and really helped coach you and mentor you through the steps that you needed to take. Yep. And my peers, my peers for sure. Okay. Yeah. At what point in time did you decide to go from active duty to reserves? Well, so my, my commission, my commission path was different. I was offered a full ride scholarship by the reserves because I went into the military with the understanding that, yeah, I'll probably stay for 20 years, but I was working in DC at the time and I actually Mm -hmm. wanted to pursue the, the, the private sector, def- like the defense department, private sector sort of. So I kind of went that path. Um, I spent time at, at the Pentagon as a civilian. I spent time at some nonprofits. Um, I went on active duty for those deployments. So I kind of kept bouncing back and forth between both of them. But okay. my direct my direct commission source was the actual reserves. I see. Um, but that didn't stop me from deploying to all three. Right. Yeah. Same thing with, with <laughs> me. Um, so yeah, people get misled a little bit with reserve duty because you're both oh, yeah. part-time and full-time <laughs> yeah well, and they always they always say well why are you deploying your reserves i'm like yes but post 9 11 is a different world uh the national guard and the and reserve uh units were deploying every four three or four years which is not yeah. that far off what the active duty was for sure uh, yeah t- tell me a little bit about coming home like when you came back from mm-hmm. deployment how much time did you have to acclimate and readjust and debrief uh, so I, I think it was like, what is it? 90 days, 60 days of leave, I think mm-hmm. is what I had. Uh, I don't, don't quote me off the top of my head. I, I had plenty of time to, uh, oddly enough that the first deployment I had a much better, or it was an easier time adjusting when I got back home. I don't know why. I just, I think, I feel like I walked back and I was just ready to go. Um, I had that 90 days of leave. Um, I think it was. I got to go on some trips, you know, take a little vacation here and there. The mm-hmm. second, the second time uh, when I got back from Syria, which was a lot, it was a lot more intense and a little rougher of a deployment. I, I felt like I didn't get any time at all, even though I did. 
I just, right. I hit, I hit the ground running. And when I got back from that, it was six months later that the business came to be a thing. Okay. So it, it feels like it was just a lot more condensed. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I didn't get that pause button as much as I did the first time. Yeah, it could be a cumulative effect of, of having to go several times. And I noticed that like the second time just definitely felt like I just did not adjust as well <laughs> to the right. first one. Um, <laughs> and then on top of that, running a business, you know, so sure. uh, let, let's pivot to like how you came up with battle bars. Yeah. So, you know, I, I you'd probably can, can appreciate this. You survive off MREs, you survive off these, the military meals and the, and, and whatnot. And, you know, one of my favorite things I always like to do, and I get either, I'll get a protein bar or an energy bar. I put it in my, my armor pockets, you know, the Molly mm-hmm. pockets, and I would carry it with me because it's what you need. You need some energy. Um, but the big caveat to that is I never really truly enjoyed eating them. They don't, typically taste great um you know they, they get the job done right it fills your stomach it gives you some, gives you some energy fine but they never tasted good and if you really dig into the ingredients they're not great either mm-hmm. so i came home from that deployment and my brother colin who he he spent uh, seven years in the industry working with a bariatric doctor who creates products such as ours okay. um he, him and I kind of came together and unfortunately it happened uh, at hospice for a family member, which, oh, which wow. is weird and it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, sometimes it takes that kind of awakening like that. Hey, this is real. Like life is short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's kind of where, that's literally where the idea came from. Um, he, he recognized that there was no true veteran owned brand out there that also could provide uh what I wanted, which was a better clean tasting protein bar that I actually wanted to eat and yeah. actually had really good ingredients. Like they just, that just didn't really exist. Um, so that was what, that was 2017. And then I think six months later we formed the company and four months after that we launched. Uh, so again, like I was saying before, when I got back, I, I feel like I didn't stop. We just, we went right into it. Yeah. I mean, was there a time where you did like a focus group testing period for, you know, you came up with different ingredients and different flavors or like, how did you decide what the end product was going to be? Well, the, the really, I I guess I was the first focus tester because the whole mentality was if I'm a soldier overseas or a Marine or sailor, Mm -hmm. is this something that I would grab off the shelf? And is this something that's going to be functional? So we, we already had the domain knowledge, which was good. We, we recruited a, uh, we recruited a bariatric doctor on our team to make sure that we had the nutritionals right and the science behind it correct. And then after that, we kind of sort of chose the aspects that were important. So for us, one of the big things was no artificial sugar. That was like, that was mark number one that had to happen. Uh, after that, it was what, what sets us apart, which in our case ended up being collagen and antioxidants. Huh. Uh, the three combined, you don't really see anywhere. The last little bit of it was the taste, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was, that was the, that was the big, that was like the, the last thing. If I can't finish it or I don't want to finish it, it doesn't matter what else I put in it really. Um, so between the three of us putting our brains together, we, we did a little bit of a focus group when it came to our logo and our branding, funny enough. Cause we yeah. wanted to do something kind of, kind of intense, but not too intense. You know, um, we did send out some samples to the USO and the military bases. We sent some overseas as well with nice. the understanding saying, you know, Hey guys, like we're, we're new. This is just, you know, we want to support you in some way. Let us know what you think. Uh, and the feedback was excellent. So we knew we had something to go with right there. 
And uh, again, we hit that big green button a couple months later, and we were we were we were charging forward. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely a foodie, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. a health nut as well. But finding a balance between the two is really hard. I mean, I, I just went uh, climbing this weekend and, you know, you just go try to look for the, the major brands, whatever is in front of you. And then you realize it's like all filler or yep. stuff that doesn't really make you feel very good, stuff you, can't <laughs> you know, pronounce. but it, but it, but it works like it's just in my pocket <laughs> and I'm chewing on a piece of chalk. Like, <laughs> yep, well, that, I mean, that, I guess chalky, I, yeah, taste. it's like four hours into my climb. I don't feel so great, but I probably need to put something in my system. Um, <laughs> exactly. And then on top of that, like I'm, I'm noticing too, um, customers, consumers are, are becoming more brand savvy, not mm-hmm. just with their options, but also with, with what they're putting in their body. So it's like, you know, the, usually the main ingredients on a lot of protein bars are like whey protein, isolate, a ton of sugar, yep. you know, and, and now people are like trying to go for, um, something that tastes good that doesn't give you that like sugar crash, um, and and also has maybe some other factors like the antioxidants you talked about, the collagen. Um, so it, it sounds like you know you had a great team for product development, and um, it seems to be going really well in the last couple of years. So how, you know, how did you get your seed funding to come up with this? Well, um, we we went, launch. Yeah, we we went the uh, the friends and family route, of course. You know, we mm-hmm. we. Almost all of our early investors, I think actually all of them, except for maybe one, were also veterans that we knew through either we worked with them or just our social network. We, we put out a very, a very small and, and kind of conservative social media, like, re, you know, we reached out kind of conservatively and said, hey, is anyone interested in possibly investing in a business? But it, we, we, it was close enough that we knew everyone, you know, mm-hmm. um, and those, uh, those initial ones really helped us. Like two of them, actually, no, three of them I served with all my deployments. Um, and they just, they, they knew me really well and they believed in, they believed in what I could do and they knew that, you know, I would, I would do the right thing. And, you know, I, I would do what I could to make, make this a success along with my brother. Um, and they, they just helped us out immensely. And that brought us to the point where we were starting to attract, uh, customers who had a a bigger piece of the pie when it comes to investing in entrepreneurial, uh, you know, um, entrepreneurial things. And that's kind of what brought Alex in. Alex is my, uh, our partner and our CEO. He was a customer first and he reached out like, wow, we need to talk. And we're like, Oh, okay. That's not great. <laughs> you know, that's, that sounds really ominous. Um, but no, he was a Navy vet served in Iraq, went through the exact same experience I did having to eat really, really bad things. Um, and he was a gym freak and he really cares about what he puts in his body. So the, the match was made really well right there. We brought him on, and uh, since then we've been uh, moving even quicker. Um, but those initial ones, those friends and family, obviously they they helped us. And we we didn't have any. I mean, we're not we're not rich. We don't we don't have millions of dollars to throw. So we started off very humble, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is good. You know, it's good to learn that way and not just be set up like with millions of dollars at the start. We every everything that we've done has been very very careful and very risk averse. But at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, I'm grateful for that because we made every dollar count and we continue to do that. So I think right. that's important. Yeah, for sure. I think when you're starting off, you know, the first couple of years, you're, you're literally trial and error and, and you're having to pivot and um, rework some ideas and go back mm-hmm. to the drawing board or expand on other things that have worked. Um, so how, how have you grown in the first, you know, you're in what, two years, second yeah. year, third year? Yeah, this would be, I guess it'd be year three we're going into now. Yeah. So have you noticed uh, a big, you know, change in the way you do business now compared to like your first year? 
Yes, I mean, I, obviously we, we've, we've matured very quickly. Uh, we, we did some some pretty significant changes too. You know, when we when we launched, we had two two bars. Now we have a seventh that's going to be coming out this week. Um, not only that, we we had a very uh, unique uh, packaging type when we launched. We had very cheap cardboard boxes. That's all changed. Uh, we've updated our packaging entirely to a more uniform, professional look. The boxes and the retail boxes that we ship are a lot cleaner, just a lot more professional. And uh, you know that that those changes have helped us grow. And and now we're at the point where I can put our our product next to any of our competitors, and you'd think that we have been there for years. And I think that's that's a huge step right there. Um, but. So where, where do customers find you? Is it mainly through your e-commerce or your site? They order it or can they go into a store and find it? Yep. So 99, I would say 99.5% e-commerce. That's where we started. That's where we wanted to grow first, just direct to the consumer. Now, having said that, we we have expanded into, I think it's about 100 gyms so far across the country, which is great. Um, there's also been a chain of nutritional stores called uh, Max Muscle Nutrition. I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you've ever heard of them. They're uh, like, I think 30 of their stores now carry us. There's okay. also, uh, we, we have some potential big partners that we are, we're, I don't want to jinx it, but we're, we're in talks with, which would make us extremely convenient option for many people um, who are on the go. So really excited about that, but hopefully that'll come through and you'll see us everywhere, which would be a big deal, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how much um, does word of mouth factor into your consumer engagement? Uh, it, it for sure you see a lot of a lot of uh, customers on our social media tagging us and sending friends and family our way. Um, cool. We've had quite a few uh, customer service emails that I manage myself um, coming and saying, "Hey, I had a friend that I saw, you know, recommended I work with her or him. He recommended you guys, loved it. You know, thanks for doing what you do, and it's it's been great." So, word of mouth is always very powerful, and our, our reviews as well. We. We post our reviews everywhere, as you can imagine, because um, we're very proud of them. And customer feedback is always so good. Luckily, you know, I'm very grateful for that. That uh, yeah. that that word of mouth is so powerful, as you know, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, I'm I'm in uh, media and marketing, so mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> you know that's what I do, and I'm I'm constantly thinking of like the power of communication. How do you engage people? Um, yep. You know, tell me a little bit about how your family has reacted to this, you know, new venture for you. I mean, like, I think, you know, you went into the military not really expecting this kind of outcome, but through your experience through the military, it's kind of Mm -hmm. um, inspired you with uh, a real need, a need that you had out in the field and in deployment. And then now it's like, hey, why don't I bring this to people who, you know, are also athletes or um, civilians and, and other military folks? Sure. Like how uh, how has your family reacted to this? Well, I have I have three sisters, uh, two two uh, nephews, a niece, uh, you know, my mom, <laughs> and uh, cousins, of course. And I think they I think they also probably had a little bit of a whiplash because, <laughs> you know, I we came home, I came home, and then a couple months later, you know, like I said, unfortunately, we were in hospice, and then a couple months after that, we had a business. It, it just moved so quick, and I think. Sometimes when I talk to my mom, for example, she's like, wait, what? Like, what's going on? <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, but of course, they're super supportive, super excited. Um, you know, I keep telling uh, that the dream is I, I just want to uh, buy my mom's house from her, let her stay there and just not worry about a thing ever again. And that's that's kind of my goal for the success of the business, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, of course, they, they're they're super excited. And uh, they just I got I got more excited when my sisters and and 
their uh, you know their their partners start, start seeing our ads completely separate from us. They just start seeing our influence pop up a little bit, or they hear us on podcasts or on the radio, or um, you know some of the news channels that we've talked to. So it, they're they're all excited about it, and uh, we're obviously fortunate to have a good family that backs us up. That's always Big family. A, a great thing to have. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to find out just from another founder what mm-hmm. the pr- perspective has been like when you go from, you know, Ian, like everybody yeah. knows Ian, you're in the family, right? And and your best friends know you. And then all of a sudden <laughs> you launch and you become this big product and yeah. it's very polished. And there's almost like this dichotomy between what people see of you, like the ad version of you and then sure. the real you. And to me, <laughs> like when I go home, like I, some friends and family, you know, people that I haven't talked to in years and they suddenly go, Oh my gosh, you're like this thing now. And it's all Paul and you don't have time for me. And I'm like, no, I'm still the same person. Like, <laughs> well, I'm the same goofy person that you knew, you know, way back when. Well, that's the thing you can tell, uh, like on our Facebook or we, and our, and everything that we do, our sense of humor is kind of like heavily ingrained. So the twisted sense of humor that I bring everywhere else, you can definitely see it reflected in, uh, my comments and some of our posts, <laughs> you know, yeah. so we're not, we're not very corporate. Uh, and I don't think we ever truly will be. I think we're always going to have that because the military has its own sense of humor. Uh, it's, very bizarre most of the time. Um, it's pretty twisted, as you can imagine with our, yep. blue Fal- our blue Falcon bar. I've I've had to explain that I don't know how many times to um, r- you know civilians on radio stations or TV stations, and I don't know how to say it without you know getting banned from the air. So I just yeah. tell them, I'm like, hey, just just go Google it. Just understand that it's, we have a weird sense of humor. Um, but you no, know, I mean, I, I've definitely had friends reach out to me I haven't talked to in years, and they were like, is this? is this you? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's me. That's definitely me. You can see my face right there. (laughs) Um, But again, I I just, I don't think we'll ever be that uh, like you, like you had kind of hinted like high and mighty to the point where they won't understand. It's still just us, you know, we're always, we're always humble. And I I definitely want to stay that way um, no matter what happens, but I'm fine with it. Hey, if they can see us everywhere, that's good. Right. Right. I want to circle back to this, sure. you know, a role of transparency and, and mm-hmm. bringing in who you are, the military, and then with your brand. Um, let's take a little bit of a commercial break. You've been listening to the Veteran Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Kayo. This is on Startup Radio Network. We'll be right back. This hour of the Startup Radio Network is supported by Bridges to Change. Bridges to Change's mission is to strengthen individuals and families affected by addictions, mental health, poverty, and homelessness. They use their voice and resources to stand up to all forms of discrimination, mass incarceration, barriers to health care, and inequitable economic opportunities. Bridges to Change's goal is to empower people to be self-sufficient and become members of the community, who in turn offer the same opportunities to help others. They strive to have everyone leaving their organization with stable housing, social support, sustainable employment, education, access to health care, family engagement, and goals for the future. To get involved, donate, or to get help, make sure to visit www.bridgestochange.com. Welcome back. You've been listening to the Veteran Founder Podcast with Ian Sparks on Battle Bars. Ian, tell me a little bit about how you bring in your authenticity with, you know, your military duty and your sense of humor to your brand. How important is it to be kind of that authentic you with your consumers? Uh, It's very important from the start. We kind of saw this as a 
lighthearted, but also very, you know, a very deep way to share the culture a little bit. I, I think, I think people underestimate how positive the internal culture of the military actually is. I mean, there's, there's people that I've served with that will forever be by my side, no matter what I do. And I think, I think a lot of the folks can relate to that. So we, we did that in many ways. Obviously the names of our products are always going to be some, some reference to something, whether it's an experience or just something humorous. Like I said, the blue Falcon, obviously I have a blueberry flavored bar. There was no way I wasn't going to pass that up. <laughs> you know, um, there's no way I'm not, I'm not going to let that fly. But then we did, we did other things. We have the red bar that remember everyone deployed. And the idea obviously is that people will, will look that up and find out what, what are they talking about, which yeah. links to, you know, how many charities, um, and then we went back, you know, the, the FUBAR again, I won't, I won't spell out the acronym, but <laughs> you know, like we, we did that obviously cause it, it was a pun for bar. Um, yeah. but also pretty funny if you look it up and you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> totally funny. Um, and then of course I went for, you know, cheesy dad jokes like mother of all bars, the Moab, cause it's a bomb and it's, it just makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the names, obviously that's, that's one but you know we we partnered with uh, our charity operation during warrior literally the day that we launched we were partnered with them from the start so again we wanted it to be a tie back to one learning about them and also learning about this whole this whole culture of service and and support that they were doing for their own members and and that's what we wanted to be we wanted to be that connection that connection between both sides you know and not in a uh preachy you know thank us for our service type way <laughs> more like hey you know these these people are part of your community and they're they're amazing so you know learn more about them and, and talk to them and that, you know, that's kind of kind of the idea i'm i'm interested in what flavor these names represent i mean obviously <laughs> the blue falcons a blueberry flavor yeah but what are the what are your other flavors so the uh with the blue falcon blueberry the mother of all bars is chocolate and the reason that one's our biggest one it's 25 grams of protein so obviously okay. that was a great name for that the k bar is our one marine reference we have so far that one's peanut butter it's just all peanut butter and it's incredible uh-huh. uh, one of my one of my favorites the foo bar is cookies and cream the red is strawberry. Is that all of them? Am I missing any? Uh, oh, I, I forgot about the s'mores. The FBR full battle rattle is a s'mores, and that's the nice. uh, we put caffeine in that one. A little bit of caffeine, so that's my other favorite. <laughs> you oh, can well, imagine. that's perfect. I'm just yeah. wondering, do you have like samplers that people can? buy a sample pack with like the different flavors or we we do have go? a we do have a box that contains all flavors yep. okay so you can get now it's going to get again we have a seventh one that's coming out um this week i think by the time this episode airs actually it should be it should be out so i don't know if i can talk about it or not but no <laughs> we have a seventh one that's coming out that's gonna it's phenomenal uh that's gonna make uh we're gonna have to figure out how to make that into a mixed pack because that's an odd number <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, you know, we got some ideas for that. We have like we have a Simply American pack, which is our red, white and blue, the Fubar, blueberry and the uh, the strawberry. So we, we do little convenient packs like that for those popular flavors. And obviously it's a patriotic box. And I love how, that. how did you come up with the marketing for this? It just sounds so creative and fun. Well, Colin, Colin, my brother is the marketing guru. That's what he's, he went to school for. That's what he's okay. been doing since then. And he's also been doing marketing in the protein bar, energy bar, protein cookie space for a couple of years now. So he's got that domain knowledge. What I bring to the table is again, like that military humor. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell from some of the posts that you, you can just tell that 
I poked my head in there and said, Hey, by the way, <laughs> um, but the, but the core marketing is, is him and his team that he works with. Uh, they come up with great artwork and uh, they, they just, they bring that imagery to it very, very well. And I, they, we, they've learned too. Yeah. We learn from each other and he can kind of now infer what I'm thinking or what he knows I'm going to say <laughs> when I, when I see something. So they've been doing a great job with that. So it sounds like it's a family business. It is. Yep. And even with, even with Alex, you know, Alex joining, obviously he's not family, but he's got a big family himself. And, um, you know, he, he, that's obviously his focus. So again, it's just keeping that, keeping that grounded reality behind you, you know, I think it's important. Yeah, for sure. Where do you see yourself in, you know, five years time? Uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> to be honest. I, we've been, um, we've been so busy just trying to build the business. What I'm hoping is that, you'll be able to walk into any convenience store and you'll see us right there next to anyone else. And I also hope that the brand name is known far and wide at that point for, again, this reliability, uh, the taste, the functional ingredients, and and just our culture that we're building internally. I, I hope that that's just, just really evident. Um, you know, I can, I can point number, number goals out all day, but for me, it's mostly just th those core things I would love to see. Yeah. I mean, looking forward is one thing, but looking back, can you mm -hmm. tell me if you were to go to your younger self, the one that graduated, you know, from college and you're fresh out and you're, mm -hmm. you're about to commission. If you were to tell your younger self something, what would it be? Uh, watch out for 2020 to start. <laughs> that, that's definitely one. No, I, I think I would just, reiterate like hey just just um stay humble recognize the weaknesses that you yourself have uh and just be adaptable just be ready to adapt at a moment's notice um and i think that would be good advice to my younger self that's the advice i got back then and uh it, it hit me it hit me hard and i it, it never really left it's in the back of my brain so i would just kind of reiterate that to me to myself yeah. So what, what are things that you've learned, um, you know, growing the business and being a new founder, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what were some difficulties that you had to overcome? Well, I, I'd be the first to tell you, I'm not a financial guy. I, I studied history because uh, math is evil and I don't like it. So <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I've learned a lot about the finance side of a business that uh, I thought I had a pretty good understanding because in the military, you know, you do contracting and there are budgets that you can manage. And, you know, I spent time at the Pentagon, I did the same. So I thought I was pretty squared away, but there's just so much that I did not know. And every day it seems like I'm finding out something I did not know about that too. So the, yeah. I, I'm really grateful for that. Um, I'm also learning a lot about how marketing and uh, how that actually translates translates to sales. I, I never had that kind of experience. So I've been able to see that and get a little bit more smart about how to approach things and how to contribute to what Colin's working on mm -hmm. because of this experience so far. It's learn every day. I mean, I'd never come in and say, I know everything about this because I, I just don't. And I you know, probably never will know everything, you know? Yeah, I think that's a key trait to have as a founder is to be flexible, be humble, you know, be ready sure. to learn something that you weren't prepared for um, originally and, and pivot, really. Right. Um, are there p specific people that have helped you in your journey, um, you know, from your military career to becoming a founder? Yes, I, I, oh, I have untold numbers of uh, mentors. Um, I... I would say there's one for sure. He's, he's actually was one of our first seed investors who I served with in Afghanistan. And when I was a young, uh, Lieutenant, 
and full of, uh, you know, full of vinegar and what whatnot, <laughs> just ready to go and thinking I was, uh, you know, I was amazing at pretty much everything I was doing. He was the one who kind of brought me back to reality. And um, he did a great job at being motivating, but also at the same time saying, hey, like he would call me out in, a, in at the right times. Yeah. Um, and even even to this day, you know, still give me advice. I'll, I'll t- take a call with him and, and say, hey, am I doing this right? Like, is this the right way to go about this? Uh, whether it's military related or just civilian, you know, it could be even like relationship advice. Just a really, really good, really good guy, really good mentor, um, colonel in the army. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I talk to him all the time. And I, I just I have untold numbers of people that I've served with who just always seem to have these nuggets of wisdom that I wouldn't even think about. Uh, it's just nice to have. I can bounce ideas off these other people and, and get great feedback. And again, sometimes that correction that maybe I wasn't ready for, but I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's just too many of them. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that wisdom is priceless, really. You know, oh, yeah. even for me as a newbie, one of the biggest things I learned was you don't know what you don't know. Right. <laughs> You, you don't even know yet. You haven't conquered it. You haven't seen it. And you don't even know how to ask for it. Right. And so being and that, kind of um, learn things that you weren't prepared for and be humble and admit that, oh, well, I could have done this a little bit different going the lessons learned route. And um, Sure. And, th- and yeah, that was actually one of the, the when, when he expressed interest in being an investor, I was actually a little hesitant because I didn't want the relationship because, you know, business any business venture is a risk. It could, it could collapse for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, when COVID started, you, you, you better believe that we were, we were shaking a little bit because no one knew what was going to happen. We just saw, yeah. we saw our business getting shut down and some are, some are gone completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, <laughs> I was always a little nervous about bringing uh, kind of, you know, it's like mixing private life with work, you know? Um, but luckily that has not been an issue at all. It's, they're just always supportive. Um, yeah got her back that's great to hear how has covid affected your production well the you know protein bars are great for the if you think about it because everyone stopped going outside all the stores got hammered uh protein bars are a great thing to have in your pantry to get you you know for a meal replacement just it's a good it's a healthy snack alternative right so we uh we actually ultimately have been okay we, we've gotten through the, i think the worst of it now uh we adjusted our marketing and we adjusted our preparations to reflect that people were a little worried uh, a little scared especially in those first couple months um you know we we sent out un, uh, untold numbers of discounts to just try to like because our products aren't they're, they're not the cheapest on the market but you know you know how it is if you buy the yeah. cheapest you're going to get the cheapest ingredients too uh, but they're they're more than more than fair and more than equal with our competitors. But either way, we wa- we still wanted to be like, hey, like we got we got your back as much as we can. You know, we're not trying to f- guilt trip anyone into ordering. But what we did do, you know, we sent boxes to uh, hospitals to the, okay. to the to the staff, just donated because we wanted them to know that hey, we appreciate you, and uh, please have something like please, you know, I know you. My mom was a nurse. I know the stories. You know, she go for hours without eating. So. Um, yeah, my know, my we, oldest son, he just got out of the army as a combat medic, and he's now okay. a first responder. And I mean, he just got it was supposed to be his day off. He got called in to work because they're just so short staffed. Exactly. And I'm literally like, you didn't even finish eating. Like, you, <laughs> what have you eaten today except for coffee? You know. And exactly. He's like, it's okay. I can, I can, I can fuel up on the way. And so he's just <laughs> eating junk like on the go. Um, but yeah, exactly. it's totally that lifestyle. And, and the funny thing is, like, even with COVID, you can find unique marketing opportunities because 
people are now spending more time outside than they were because, uh, you know, you're, they're not actually doing a lot of the same social activities that they were before. So you see more people hitting the trails, biking, walking, running. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's another area that you can tap into as well. But I always look at a challenge like how can you learn from this and what else can you do to uh, be flexible and adapt? Sure, and, sure. Uh, yeah, so it definitely sounds like you guys have adjusted and adapted uh, your your uh, procedures as best we could. I, the the biggest hurdles really was the were the impacts on the uh, logistic systems because that's like right. that's a a necessary evil that you ne- you can't really control one hundred percent. So we had to do we had to get kind of creative with that. Uh, you know, I mean like or like delays in shipping and and receiving and stuff. Uh, right, a little bit harder, but we've gotten through it, and we're, we're I think we're we're kind of over that hump of fear that we had. Uh, it was brief. We just kept moving. We didn't stop, but here's hoping yeah, what, the future will be easier. <laughs> what are, what are some major areas that you feel like are cha- the, your biggest challenge right now? Um, I, I think for us is at, we, we, there's only three of us right now. Mm-hmm. Truly. We have, we have plenty of partners and vendors mm-hmm. and whatnot that we work with every day, but there's three of us that are at the core. It's me, Colin and Alex. Mm-hmm. So if anything, we have too much on our plates, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, which is a great, a great problem to have. Uh, we're all, we all have about 30 hats on. So I think if I had to pick a challenge, that would be it. Um, but right now our, our biggest challenge is scale. How do we scale responsibly? And where do we do it? Do we scale just purely in e-commerce or do we start hitting that brick and mortar more? Um, now, again, that's that's got a giant asterisk behind it because they may be shutting things down again. It's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just got to navigate that. And that that's going to be the that's going to be the fight, I think, for the next six months, uh, at least getting past the winter, you know, and then just adjusting and adapting as quickly as we can. And that's one huge strength that we have right now. We can, we can adjust on the fly. So just staying flexible and, uh, you know, keeping an eye on the prize. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess the last question I have for you is just like, you know, taking all of your knowledge moving forward. Um, is there anything that you would do differently? You know, are there any lessons learned that, and I think we talked about this just a little bit, um, with pivoting and, and reassessing, but is there anything that you, you, encountered in the past that was a no i won't ever do that again <laughs> <laughs> um I, yeah i mean i suppose there's some things like i can think so let me give you an example we had a, our early iteration of our website we had it, we had two ways to go and we chose one that was cheap to mm-hmm. start and what resulted was about six months of website chaos constantly shutting down breaking down customers not able to order anything and it took us a long time to bite that bullet to overcome it. And yeah. once we did, it was an instant fix. And we haven't had a single issue since then. And looking back, I was like, that, is such, that was such a dumb waste of time. Like we just spun, you know, spinning in, the, in our, our heels a little bit, trying to figure out how to get over this issue when the solution was right there, uh, yeah. which, is, which was uncharacteristic. So it was a good reminder that you just got you just got to make that fix when you know it's going to work, you know? Right. Um, and also again, if I hindsight's 2020, but if I could go back now, I know that the cheap option is going to be cheap for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, just keep that in mind. <laughs> Actually, you said that too about your product. So it's like, yeah. you know, you, you get what you pay for, right? So it's if true. you have better ingredients, it's a little, a little more costly, but in the long run, it pays off. 
Exactly. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you know, just, just, you gotta be flexible. You gotta recognize when you're, you're fighting something too long. I think, I think that's an important, uh, trait is, you know, when not to quit, but you know, when to change direction. That's important. Yeah. Well, it's been great getting to know you and your company and like what you stand for. And I definitely want to try some of your products. So yeah. I'll get um, some out thank to you. you for, yeah. Awesome. We'll connect after this. Um, yep. Thanks for being on the show. Is there anything else that you wanted to tell our, our listeners about um, your journey and your process as a founder? Uh, no, I, again, just um, recognize, you know, recognize your own, recognize your own gaps and your shortfalls that you have and just try to fill them responsibly. Uh, that's a great feedback that I got early on. And that's what I like to tell others. Uh, yeah. Thanks for being on the show, Ian. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on the Veteran Founder Hour on the Startup Radio Network. Join us next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific time for an awesome podcast. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.